Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I am proud to announce that Food Pharmacy, one of the biggest health brands in Sweden, is now launching its highly acclaimed blog as well as books and podcasts in English. Food Pharmacy is eager to take its award-winning Scandinavian concept and share it with the rest of the world and to contribute to the fight against the global burden of lifestyle-related diseases. In 2014, Lina Nertby and Mia Klasa started Food Pharmacy, embarking on a long, sometimes meandering, often magical journey towards their goal of improving public health. Along the way, they've spoken with a variety of experts and professionals in various fields related to health and lifestyle. In this podcast series, you'll meet a few of them. Be a part of the journey. This is The Food Pharmacy Show. Mia. Well, good morning, Lina. I am so excited today since we are going to talk about one of our absolute favorite subjects when it comes to food and health. I'm talking about fiber. And now someone might think, fiber? How boring is that? How can they be so thrilled about something as boring as fiber? Well, we hadn't thought much about fiber either until one day, I don't remember how old we were, about 35-ish maybe? Yeah. A professor looked strictly at us and asked, I really hope you do feed your pets. (laughs) Well, well, we looked at each other. Yes, we do feed our dog and horse. Yes, professor. Yes, and at that time we actually had a hamster as well. And that hamster... We also fed, of course, (laughs) but that wasn't at all what the professor meant. He looked at us again and said, I mean the billions of pets you have in your gut. Because if you do want to stay healthy, it is absolutely vital to keep these pets happy. Actually, research has shown a link to mental and physical diseases when people don't feed their pets. And also, it has been shown that well-fed pets are linked to a strong immune system and protect our health. This is where the fiber comes in, because fiber is the best food we can give to the bacteria. So anyone that wants to eat healthy should pay attention to fiber. And as you will hear in this interview, fiber is a true superfood. Sadly, the food we eat today, and then I'm thinking about the processed food, contain way too little fiber. Which is also the reason why so many of us don't have enough of fiber in our daily diet. And when you hear how much good fiber can do for our health, you realize that if there is 
anything you could do in taking a small step towards better health. It is to add fiber to our food. Yes, and it doesn't matter how you eat today. Just focus on what you should add. If you thrive on burgers and pizza, make sure to add some veggies. And preferably in different colors, since you then get a variety of antioxidants at the same time. So, now it's time to welcome our guest in this podcast. He has a PhD in bioorganic chemistry from Harvard, where he studied how our cells repair damage to the DNA. He has been partner at McKinsey & Company, focusing on innovation and healthcare. And he is the founder of Sendegi and Frill, two companies researching human nutrition and creating healthy products. Sorry for interrupting, but Frill's ice cream is, by the way, something we always have in our fridge, don't we? It's so deliciously now. We do. We have it in our fridge always. He is also the author of a book on fiber and its benefits to be published in July in Europe and August in the US. So now we are thrilled to welcome Koshro Nikpay. Welcome to the Food Pharmacy Show, Koshro Nikpay. I'm so I'm so honored to have you here. And today we are going to talk about dietary fiber. I know you you like that subject, don't you? I love that subject. It's actually an <laughs> honor for me to be on your on your show. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So this is a fiber is a nutrient we need to pay more attention to. What kind of nutrient is fiber and where do we find it? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that one even calls it a nutrient because it's actually for us, it's not a nutrient. Uh, we can't do anything with fiber, uh, but it's one of the most important nutrients uh, for the bacteria that live in us. Um, we basically, that's, that, that's their food. Mm. Um, and we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more later, but um, if we don't feed them, uh, they're not happy. And when they're not happy, horrible things happen, start happening. Mm. So, uh, so it's, it's actually the food, uh, for the bacteria. And, um, uh, I think you asked where do they, where does it come from? It primarily comes from almost any, any plant has fiber. Mm. So, yeah. It's interesting because a few years ago, before I started my own journey to get more healthy eating habits, I actually didn't know that uh, the best way to get fibers was through having vegetables, greens and fruits. I thought that I should go and buy like spaghetti where they said like fiber rich (laughs) spaghetti or bread. I mean, all these things that I, I avoid now, I actually thought was the way to get fibers. Isn't that strange? No, but there is there is some fiber in spaghetti. Uh, I think I think any any fiber is good. I would say mm. so. Um, but obviously, the you know spaghetti white bread, it's 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 quite low the amounts. And not only that, there is actually um, well, maybe I, I can sort of describe it a little bit. Uh, mm. The basic building block for all of these things is sugars. 
um, and then sugars get basically into these long chains or branched chains. And if the connection between the sugars of, is of a particular kind, then your body can use it. It can basically cut it until you get the individual sugars and then your, your body uses the sugar as energy. Now, the ones that we can cut, our bodies can cut, is starches. Uh, or some people call it complex carbohydrates. Mm. They're almost, almost as good as fiber. Uh, they don't really get used. They get partially used by the bacteria, but also it takes the body a long time to break them down. Mm. And therefore, your insulin response and under sugar in your blood is actually very good. So you get the energy, but you don't get these insulin spikes in your, in your bloodstream. So, so that's sort of the type of connections that your body can break down. But even better is the ones where the connections cannot be broken down. And so it travels all the way uh, into your intestines. And then there the bacteria break it down and they use it for themselves. Mm. Um, so, the, so when you say spaghetti or white bread, those chains are rather short. And therefore, it's very close to a normal sugar. Your body breaks it down very quickly. And you, you can, there's an easy test to do, if, especially for kids. It's always surprising. If you take a piece of white bread and chew, chew, chew on it, mm. well, guess what? The enzymes in your mouth break the simple starches down to sugars. And, mm. and it tastes sweet after a while. Um, mm. But if you do that to a sort of a whole grain bread, it takes a much, much longer time to get any sweet sensation. Mm. So... Uh, so that's, that's, I think, the, uh, why you sort of said, well, maybe I shouldn't have pasta, maybe I should have more vegetables or, or, or whole grain things. But uh, in general, the more complex the carbohydrate, the sort of better for you ultimately. Mm. Talking about fiber, we often hear the word prebiotic. Would you please explain the term prebiotic? Um, yeah, I think it all, uh, they're almost synonymous, but not quite. Um, so a prebiotic is something that fundamentally feeds your bacteria. A you probiotic. mean the bacteria in the gut? In the gut, yes. Mm. Uh, the, the probiotic is the actual gut bacteria, and the, and the prebiotic is uh, is is what feeds them. And now, fiber is not the only thing that feeds them. So therefore, prebiotic is a much broader term than fiber. But fiber is a prebiotic. But uh, let's say uh, recent research shows that, uh, uh, and that's why we're also getting quite interested in it, is there's one of the, there's a few, but one of the more common sweeteners, xylitol, um, is actually acts as a prebiotic. It actually gets metabolized by your bacteria, so it feeds them. Um, Whereas, let's say, erythritol does not. Mm. Um, So... um, so the, the, the prebiotic is basically think of it as the food for your bacteria and, and then fiber is one of the, the most common one and the most trustable one, I would say, but, mm. uh, but it's one of them. But going back to the white bread and, uh, and uh, compare it with fibers that goes all the way, way down to your gut, are all fibers prebiotic? Um, no, um, there is, you need to group, uh, it's a good point. Uh, you need to group fibers into really two broad segments. Remember I said the carbohydrates, the sort of long chains, the, the complex carbs, we can break down the mm-hmm. enzymes in our and cut them. Uh, then there is soluble fiber, uh, which, uh, generally is what gets eaten by your bacteria and your bacteria can break them down. 
Then there's insoluble fiber, basically cellulose, what you find in the bark of a tree. That's also lots of sugars. Uh, uh, it's made made out. Of, it's also a fiber, but even your bacteria can't break them down. Uh, so, uh, so they end up basically moving through your intestines. They also f- fulfill an important role uh, because they can absorb sugars. They can um, uh, they work basically as uh, some people call it, sort of oiling of the of your intestines. They sort of move things through. They're quite so they're bulking agents. Um, and they, they are like also, cleaning the intestines, you could say. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, uh, uh, and uh, the, the, so that the animals who can use them, they have to go through quite a bit of a hassle. Like cows, for example, they can eat grass and the cellulose in the grass to find the insoluble fiber. But they need to have multiple stomachs with very specialized bacteria that break it down and so on and so forth. We don't have those bacteria mm. and therefore we cannot break them down. So, so it's really those two groups of fibers, the fibers that feed your bacteria, the soluble fibers, which means basically if you put them into water, they can kind of absorb enough water and they, they can disperse mm. um, or form a gel or things like that. And then there's the insoluble fibers, which is basically cellulose at the end of the day uh, or lignans. Um, so they, they, they cannot be digested by us or our friends, by our friendly bacteria, and they just, they just pass through basically, but they f- fulfill a lot of important roles. Mm. So it's important to get both soluble and not, yeah? Yeah. You to combine and, you know, there's an interesting thing. If you go back to the 70s, mm. and a lot of, in the, a lot of the um, ideas in people's mindset around fiber is because in the 70s, primarily the... The cellulose, the insoluble, the insoluble fiber, was seen as as important and as sort of this thing that you should eat. And and uh, the science has moved on dramatically since then. But so people still in their in their minds think fiber is something that's sort of uh, hard and grainy and and fibery and and things like that. But a lot of the soluble fibers, you wouldn't even notice if it was in a glass of water, it dissolves. You wouldn't even feel anything between your teeth or, you know, Mm. so, so people still have a bit of the mindset of the old fiber that was uh, the ballast, you know, material. But is that because uh, you then, when you talked about fibers back in the seventies, you talked about fibers because you wanted to have like, um, a healthy go through the stomach sort of i mean the food or yeah people knew it was healthy and since the two often come together um people assumed that sort of the roughage was the thing that was doing the good things and it does Uh, but actually the more important one is the soluble fiber Mm. so why is it important to get a varied intake of fibers and uh, maybe you could give some example of different bacteria um, fed by different fibers. Yeah. So um, why is it important? So the, um, there is, a, I don't know if you know this uh, story of um, uh, Philip Pullman, the dark, I think it's called His Dark Materials. Um, no, uh, it's a trilogy. I think it's also also made into a series and was even a movie with Nicole Kidman or something made out of the book. But there's a nice story. It's space plays in a different world where people have these their souls or they call them demons or something like that, which is this this animal, but it's not inside of your body, but it's next to your body, and this thing sort of 
takes on your character or sort of is connected to you. It's a nice, nice sort of image. But I, that image always stru- struck me as um, yeah. our bacteria are kind of this animal that lives inside of us. As a matter of fact, we even have a brain around our gut, which functions as some kind of a intelligence. And this, this grouping of neurons around our gut is, is quite, is the same size as, you know, a squid's brain. So, uh, or half a cat's brain. So, so this, this thing is quite intelligent in that sense. It's an animal in, in, in many ways. It just made up of cells made up of many, many different species. And, this this thing is quite important and we have to feed it the same way you would feed your pet. Yeah. Um, and it interacts with you on so many dimensions. Uh, it, it creates certain chemicals such as short-chain fatty acids, which have a huge impact on uh, your cardiovascular health, on your immune system, um, on your gut health itself, um, appetite control all of those things. So, so that's just one of the chemicals that these uh, bacteria produce and basically put into your, put into your system. Uh, they have an, the, the, the little brain around your gut interacts with a big brain in your head and has all kinds of effects also on your mood. Um, you know, there's some early studies on ADHD, positive impact on ADHD and so on and so forth. So, so to come back to your question, um, you know, the, Fiber and other phytonutrients also. So anything that gives a color to berries and things like that is also quite important for these, for these bacteria. But basically you are feeding these bacteria and you have to feed them in the same responsibility that you would have towards your dog (laughs) or my dog. I don't sort of go along for a day and not feed my dog. It's criminal. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the same thing. You have to feed these bacteria. It's 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 this living thing inside of you. Now, some some voices say it may be even worse. They actually sit there, and we're just a vehicle for them to move around and, yeah. and feed themselves <laughs> because there is about thousand different species of them. There's only one of us. They have yeah. about two million genes. We only have twenty five thousand genes. There's almost as many of them. Some say even more of them in terms of numbers than the cells in our body. So yeah. actually, you could almost say that's the main organism. That's the main being. We're just sort of the the thing to move them around the world and find food for them. Yeah. That's not not how I see it. But I think I see it as my pet, mm. and I need to feed. Now, now, what kind of bacteria there are? There's, as I said, there's thousand species. About five hundred of them are no, about uh, maybe less. About hundred of them are more abundant. Nobody knows what they're exactly doing. Mm. It's a very complex system. Uh, you know, you have think of it. We have not even figured out the genetics of humans in in an adequate way, mm. uh, and we have about twenty five thousand genes. Uh, there's 10 times more genes in the bacterial uh, colonies, the uh, bacterial groups that are in our our intestines. So it's a very, very complex thing. We have a few ideas, although everything I'm stating right now is, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I don't, uh, the science is not uh, hard on it. so uh, we have sort of big groups. I always call them ABC, uh, ABC and F groups, uh, like the grades you get in, in, in school. But they, again, take it with a grain of salt. So there's the actinobacteria mm. uh, and there's the, uh, the, there's the bacteroidetes, uh, the A and the B. And they generally uh, like to have, uh, uh, they, the, the, the fiber and fruit and vegetables tend to uh, increase their numbers. 
Mm. Now, one has to be careful. These are groups of bacteria, most of which seem to be beneficial, but not all of them. Uh, it's the same as human beings. You know, most human beings are nice, but every now and then you get a criminal also mm. in there. So, mm. um, so with these bacteria, it's it's it depends very much on the individual strain. And and so when I say when I say actinobacteria, I'm saying humanity. You know, and Bacteroidetes, I'm saying all the Martians and so on and so forth. So, so you have to be a little bit careful. But, but fruit and vegetables tend to feed the A and the B bacteria, the, the actinobacteria and the bacteroidetes. And then there is the clostridia, the C, and they tend to sort of uh, prefer, uh, so they and the B ones tend to prefer legumes and grain uh, derived uh, um, uh, fiber. Um, but again, uh, as a general sort of sense, if you mm. look at the literature, that seems to be. And then there's the firmicutes uh, or firmicutes. Uh, they're not very cute necessarily. Uh, I've but, read about uh, those. They are very common it, in the people like you and I who live in the Western world and have a that's Western right, diet. That's right. Yeah. Again, as a very sort of, if you step way back and look at it, you kind of want to have less of them. Mm. Uh, but there's some in there that are quite important. So again, it's, it's a bit, um, one has to be a little bit cautious, uh, but the more you sort of increase the positive ones, the ones that actually help you, mm. the more automatically you reduce the ones that are not helpful to you. And fiber in general does that. But if you can have fiber from multiple sources, then you probably have a richer set of uh, bacteria. And there's another correlation that people see is that the more diversity you have in your bacterial uh, species, the better for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's clear, but which specific bacteria, were, and they're all interacting with each other. That's why it's so complex. So mm. it's not easy to say, I'm going to increase this one and this one and this one, and then I'm going to be healthy. That's mm. the problem. And mm. so I think I've seen already some products coming on the market that have claims like that. I think it's, it's not, it's it disingenuous. I don't think it's correct to, mm. to do it like that way. Are you allowed to make those uh, comments? I mean, health well, claims? No. People make all kinds of claims and then they just, by the time they have sort of been found out, they have already disappeared or changed it or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, attempts to claim things, but um, mm. ultimately I think one has to stick, stick with and I, I think the fiber story is powerful on its own. You don't need to even make much more claims than that. No. Uh, my favorite statistic, and, and it's, it's based on meta-analyses, is and it's an easy number to remember. Uh, because, you know, the question is, what's healthy? And to me, healthy is living healthier longer. Not yeah. living longer, because if I live longer and unhealthy, I'm probably not necessarily that happy with my life but if i live healthy long then i have all the chances to have a fulfilled life uh, it's more in my hands and so so th that's the ultimate measure that i'm personally interested in and measuring anything against and if you look at all cause mortality for example meaning you we include everything you know from you know car accidents to every, everything uh, then you don't you can't cheat yourself because then you say is it actually having an impact on all causes Mm. And 10 grams additional fiber a day reduces all-cause mortality by 10%. There is no drug on earth that can do that. This is, uh, you need to repeat this because it's uh, so uh, important. <laughs> so I, I will um, make you repeat that again, <laughs> please. 
So, so it's, uh, if you measure every single bad thing that can happen to us, meaning mm -hmm. death, mm -hmm. uh, and you say, what's the correlation uh, with fiber? Uh, you find that a 10 gram additional fiber a day, and we, most of us should at least get that much more mm -hmm. a day, mm -hmm. 10 grams a day reduces all cause mortality by 10%. Mm -hmm. To put it in perspective, uh, that's many, many years of car death accidents in the US. The equivalent yeah. of that saved. Um, the closest thing that sort of comes to it, and but this is measured for people who are already sick and you're trying to save their lives, uh, is statins uh, mm -hmm. that people get uh, you know, uh, to help them uh, against a cardiovascular disease. And those are the numbers, but these are sort of that's a drug that you give to people that are already sick and you try to save them, prolong their lives. But yeah. there's basic, there's nothing you can eat or do currently. No drug produced, nothing that beats fiber. And it's crazy that we're not paying attention to it. And I think the reason is you can't patent fibers. They're free. They're everywhere. So, yeah. um, so you can't make <laughs> the same amount of money on fibers as you can no. on statins. I mean, how many people on earth are having statins? It's like one of the most uh, common drugs, I think, out there. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So uh, you mean that people on statins, I mean, I, I know we can't uh, give medical advices uh, in this podcast because everyone yeah. uh, is individual, of course, and should consult a doctor. However, you mean that if you are on statins and you're interested in this, there is a big chance that just by increasing the intake of fibers on your everyday intake of fiber, you could uh, actually might not need the statins anymore. Because they give no. horrible side effects as well. No, I'm not saying that. Because I no. think once you're once you're sick, mm -hmm. uh, you potentially need a certain intervention. Mm -hmm. um, but what I mean is that fiber acts on both healthy and sick individuals uh, in a positive way. You will. I can tell you that if you're healthy and you eat a lot of fiber, the point at which you might ever need statins will be way, way, way later in life. Yeah. Um, so, so, but not for everyone because some people may have a certain genetic predisposition to something. So, so it's it's that that has to be decided individually 
you know, based on sort of the medical situation that the person may have. But as a societal preventative medicine, so to speak, fiber beats anything else. Mm. Um, just on cardiovascular disease, five to seven grams additional fiber a day mm. reduces cardiovascular um so, so basically anything that has to do with heart disease, um, um, stroke, those types of things, reduces it by 10%. You know that... way, there's a correlation between higher fiber intake and reduction by 10%. So that's even on an individual disease, you see that correlation. And remember, correlation is not necessarily causation, meaning no. the two go hand in hand with each other. But when you sort of see that five grams has an effect and 10 grams correlates with twice the effect mm. and 15 grams correlates with three times the effect, then you start believing more in causation. Mm. But of course, until you have the exact mechanism in your hand, you cannot necessarily say, yeah, I have proven that there is a causative, mm. uh, but the correlations are very, very strong. This is analyzed over multiple hundreds and th thousands of people, meta-analyses. So across many studies, it's not just, you know, me in my basement having done a study and being having convinced myself. It's not the case. It's broad, very broad. Considering cardiovascular disease is um, the leading cause of death yeah. uh, in Sweden, uh, an early death, I should say. Um, yeah. Why don't we talk more about this? I mean, I imagine if people really understood, I can empower myself I can uh, uh, I can actually do things in order to uh, to lower my risk of an early death because I, I imagine if you ask people out there they would agree with you they would like to live healthy longer you know so yeah. why why do you think we don't talk about that um, I think it has two sides right on the one hand I think people do talk about it but it gets drowned out by a whole bunch of other things. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, you, you guys are trying, I feel very much in the same boat as you were trying to sort of figure out what's real and what's not real. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just go out there and look at, uh, you know, detox core cures or something like that. Right. So, so, uh, you know, a lot of those cures have some fiber in them <laughs> and that's fine. But the, the mindset that you are toxic and that you need to somehow get toxins out of you. Uh, and that's something that somebody gives you actually does that besides fiber, which actually does some of that, um, is, is to me sort of dramatizing something that is actually not really, uh, has nothing to do really with reality. So, uh, so there's a lot of noise out there for things. And as I said, fiber is kind of boring. I mean, you know, any grain that you eat, any f raspberry that you pick in the field someplace is packed with fiber. So it's, so how are you going to, how are you going to make money on it? Uh, mm. And most fiber, if you actually isolate it to sort of feed it to people, it's rather, it's kind of tasteless. Mm. So, um, so I think this, the art is in making fiber tasty and mm. I know you're working on it. We're working on it. So you have so done really good in that field though. <laughs> thank you. But even there, you know, um, you know, we, we, we are struggling against, um, um, you know, a lot of noises, uh, other noises out there that mm -hmm. uh, have different degrees maybe of benefit or, or, or uh, hurt, pain uh, or negative uh, effects for people, but you have to kind of raise your voice above that. 
So I think that's the main root cause why it will take some time. Um, look at how much how much sort of protein has taken off. Mm. Why? Because you can link it to sexy bodies and and yeah. building muscle and you know all of those things. If you actually look at the benefits of protein. You know, if you're a high-end sports person who actually damages their tissue, yes, protein is the thing that helps you repair it. But if you're not, you're you're eating already way too much protein in in, in your day. So adding more protein won't, as a matter of fact, it loads up your body with uh, uh, stuff that you shouldn't be eating. So, so actually, um, for those people, the sexy body comes through fiber. Is that what you say? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You cannot yeah. make. You cannot prove that. You know. You can. I can prove that you live longer, but I can't. And if that's sexy, great. But mm. it's much yeah, easier it to you know, show you my. I mean, not mine. My mine doesn't fit into that category. <laughs> but, but if I did have a you know muscle bound body, yeah. then it's easier to get people attracted to it because we're so visually based. And, and whereas you know somebody who showing a picture of a 104-year-old because they ate lots of fiber. It's mm. not as sexy as it should be, but because mm. that's great. They've had a, maybe a lovely life, but it's, it's a different sort of value. And it's a, it's, it's, it requires people to kind of step back and say, what kind of a life do I want to live? And wow, here is something that actually does not require me to change my lifestyle. Uh, it's not hyped. It's actually, you know, I'm just feeding. That's why I'm looking for these pictures, like that little animal that you're feeding. Yeah, so yeah. it almost a responsibility towards this being that you're mm. that, that is inside of you. Um, so it's it's more that where you kind of step back and say, you know what, it's not a big deal to eat a few more fruit a day and a full grain bread and you know those types of things, um, mm. because then I get to see my family for many more years, or I yeah. get to sort of feel good inside of myself for a bit longer. Mm. So. Well, it's that, but I think it, it's a harder sell ultimately. Yeah, but I think also that uh, talking about anti-aging, that is what the whole cosmetic uh, branch is doing. And in Thank a way, <laughs> fiber is like a natural anti-aging miracle, I would say. Maybe not miracle, but it's natural anti-aging. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it, it, it is. It is actually, indeed it is. Yeah. But it's very hard to then sort of say... I just ate fiber a week later. <laughs> guess what? All my wrinkles went away. Yeah, that yeah, won't yeah. happen. No. <laughs> then you need to do Botox. <laughs> but yeah, that, exactly. is, that I wouldn't recommend though. So it was just a joke. <laughs> so the official recommendations is uh, to get at least 25 to 35 five grams of fiber per day. But the majority yeah. of us today are not getting enough of fibers on a daily basis. So how can an increase of fiber intake decrease the risk of infection and other health conditions? This we have talked about. So then I, do, would you like to comment anything on that? Yeah, as I said, so the fibers feed the bacteria and then they start a whole cascade of things inside of our bodies. Mm. And almost everything we're starting to look at from can certain cancers to cardiovascular disease to our immune system, uh, I just put put out a white paper on on um, lung diseases, meaning uh, caused by viruses such as flu or corona. Mm. Um, uh, fiber has a significant impact on that. Mm. Um, now, this this is not done now in meta analyses. There's you know something around ten studies on it by now in mice, in humans, and in turkeys um, uh, and rats. 
And uh, the one in humans, which is sort of more of an observational study, I mean, uh, of something like 400 students, um, uh, those who had took in more fiber had a significantly reduced severity and length of a cold. Mm. Uh, that's by the way, vitamin, people eat vitamin C, vitamin C has again, a very, very small effect compared to that. It's actually interesting because you remember the short, short chain fatty acids I was talking about is something that the, some of the bacteria, almost all of them produce, mm. they have an effect on our immune system. And the reason that Corona kills us mm. or some of us is that, um, it actually is an inflammatory response from your immune system. So your immune system overreacts and then you get an inflammation in your lungs. Mm -hmm. the, the flu does that too, by the way, exactly the same mechanism. And then you, in a sense, your, your lungs then start reacting and they fill up with water and, and then you have a hard time breathing. Mm -hmm. um, these short chain fatty acids downregulates the bad effect of the overreaction of your body, which is actually the, the dangerous part in the virus. The virus itself is not in that sense dangerous. Mm. Um, but then also upregulates the parts of your immune system that go attack the, uh, the virus and increase your memory for uh, remembering to attack the virus. So, so it's quite a, quite a smart way in which actually uh, you get this effect from, from uh, the secondary effect from your bacteria and the short-chain fatty acids. You actually think then that the explosion of lifestyle-related diseases wouldn't have gone through the roof if we had maintained our high intake of fibers? I mean, our ancestors had many uh, times more of fibers each day, uh, and now we, we hardly uh, reach 25 grams a day. Yeah. So would you say this is the case? If you see the correlation, and the correlation is concentration dependent, meaning the more you eat, the better, the mm. uh, answer is very simple. Yes, absolutely. And if you look at also globally, so one of the things we just have completed a uh, study across all the data we could find in the literature. Mm. And we have looked at, uh, because, you know, if I, if I take, let's say, a very traditional um, person living in a sort of uh, pre-industrial state somewhere, you know, in the world, and I compare it to diseases of somebody in the industrialized world, uh, you don't see much cardiovascular disease yeah. um, in, in those people. And you look at their sort of uh, food, it's full of fiber, mm. full of fiber and phytonutrients. And so, uh, so in the less industrial worlds, you might die of, uh, you know, let's say, diseases that are infectious, those types of diseases you might die of, but you generally don't die of cardiovascular disease. So the answer I think to that is, is, is yes. Um, so that's one, but then we, we just, so we said, let's compare countries that are similar mm. because then you can find out if those who eat more fiber uh, see an effect because otherwise you have too many other effects that are playing into, the, into it. So mm. we compared Japan, to uh, Italy, to the US. Mm. They have similar healthcare systems. Um, you know, their lifestyles are similar. Uh, the only main difference that we could find is the amount of sugar people eat and the amount of fiber people eat. Mm. 
Mm, and and so okay. we, we compared all the macronutrients in, as ratios. So basically the, the relationship between sugar to fiber, sugar to fat, fat to comp- complex carbs, fat to sugar, and so on and so forth. So all the main food groups. And the big correlation that we see in that order, the US, Italy, and Japan, is that the sugar to fiber ratio, which means the amount of sugar you eat for every bit of fiber that you eat, the more sugar you eat per amount of fiber that you eat, the more cardiovascular disease you have, the higher your healthcare costs, just name it, right? So, um, so and those are three countries that are somewhat comparable with each other because they're, they're all industrialized. They all kind of have a certain, mm-hmm. a certain kind of behavior. So, wow, I would say so, this is true. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so, so that basically says... And that, 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 that implies something huge because if you look at um, the amount of effort that goes into reducing sugar mm. and how darn difficult it is to not eat sugar, to reduce actually your sweet tooth. You and I both know we like yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give up chocolate. I actually really don't want to give up chocolate. Me neither. I've tried, <laughs> yeah. And it's a pleasure in life. And so I'm not advocating that people eat sugar, but what I'm saying is it's actually not, not the sugar we should focus on. It's the ratio between sugar. And the way I'm saying it is, is if you look at the data, it's a very simple thing for this much fiber, you can, you're allowed to eat this much sugar. Okay. So now, now (laughs) you're pointing at one thing, one finger and saying for one finger, uh, sugar, 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 you can eat this many fingers of uh, sorry, one finger of fiber, you can yeah. get, you're allowed to eat this much sugar. And now you're showing four fingers. So one for fiber and four for sugar. Hmm. Uh, that's about what's in a fruit. A fruit has this much sugar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, oh, fruit is not healthy because it has sugar. Yes, you're right. The sugar in the fruit is no different than the white table sugar that you put into your tea mm. or coffee. There's no difference between them. They're both bad for you. But fruit comes with fiber. Mm. And, so, and, so, and that undoes that. Because if you look at fruit, it correlates with healthy numbers. So we know that this much sugar for this much fiber is totally fine. Mm. And so, so if you can basically increase the fiber, then you undo a lot of the damage that that sugar does. And I think it's much easier to increase fiber in our diet than tax sugar and tell people not to eat sweet things and so on and so forth. It, I can tell you for myself, and I'm dealing with this every day, and the guilt is all over me for every bit of sugar that I'm eating. Mm. I ain't giving up chocolate. It just no. won't happen. No. Uh, so, but I'm eating a ton of fiber. And in, in, in a sense, I, I could care less. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. You know, we, we usually say that focus on what you could add instead of what you could exclude. Perfect. The Perfect. bonus with that is that uh, as time goes by, you realize that you have actually uh, naturally cut down on the bad things because there is not yeah. so much space anymore because you get very full from fibers compared yes. to a, a poor fiber diet, so to say. Yes. Yes. Fiber automatically reduces. If you also think about it, we're overeating fat. Mm. There's different diets that uh, become popular in different parts of the world, uh, uh, be it keto diet or you know, high fat diet or uh, 
uh, low carb diet or low this diet or eat lots of grapefruit diet. So uh, <clears throat> there are all these diets. Um, statistically, none of them work. Mm. Um, and uh, the main reason is that, um, first of all, it's very, very hard to keep it to a certain lifestyle. Uh, that it because you have to change your lifestyle, and I think people can do things over a short period of time, but they generally revert to their normal normal lifestyle. Mm. But uh, if you just step back though and look at it, we're overeating fat by fifty to sixty percent. So eating more fat is not a good idea, especially not saturated fat. Uh, simple carbs and sugars we eat by a factor of two to three, so uh, we're just way overeating those. Uh, protein, we're overeating by somewhere, you know, 60 to 100%. Uh, so adding more protein to your life, I know it's a big trend pretty much everywhere, protein bars and protein this and protein that, uh, yeah. but you're already overeating protein. So adding more, more of it is not something that your body needs. Uh, and uh, those are the main, uh, the main macronutrients that we're overeating and we're under eating fiber mm. by about 50, 50%. Mm. So, so the answer to me is a rather simple answer. Uh, eat more of what you're under eating and if le eat less of what you're overeating. The nice thing about fiber is that it actually helps in that process because if the more fiber you eat, uh, the more satiated you are and therefore you also eat proportionally less of the other macronutrients. Mm. And it's something that you don't have to change your lifestyle to do. So am I going too far when claiming that a daily increase of fiber could even help to lower the great cost for costs for our public health care that we see today? I, I am convinced that that's the case on many fronts. So, um, you know, fiber, we didn't talk about it, but uh, it has a um, positive effect on weight management. Mm. So obesity is right now going through the roof, most worryingly obesity in children. Mm. Um, so, um, um, you know, it's, it's places like the U.S., uh, I mean, it's it's at epidemic levels, but in Europe is not far behind. Mm. Uh, Sweden isn't relatively speaking <laughs> within Europe in, in in good shape, but mm. still, I mean, twenty percent uh, obesity is 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 still a very high number. Yes. Um, so, and the cost. I know the cost in the UK, uh, and this is the actual cost. This is not. Let's say if you have to employ somebody to widen the doors of hospitals so you can fit people through because they're so obese. Uh, I'm not even counting that as cost because it puts someone to work. It's good yeah. for your GDP to speak. It's bad for your health. No, mm -hmm. true cost. We're talking something like 20 to 30 billion. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, 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 that's 1% of GDP. That, that, that is huge. Mm -hmm. and, it, and only increasing. That just on, on, on that, on diabetes, on obesity, which are correlated with each other. Uh, and then you have all the cardiovascular diseases, you have all the cancers and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I mean, I think now the burden of proof have shifted. If anybody says that that's not the case, they have to prove it to me because mm -hmm. the evidence is, is overwhelming. Yeah. So if you say that one of the most important keys to optimize your health when it comes to uh, eating habits is to increase the intake of fiber on a daily basis. Um, we talk a lot about this in our blog, um, but there are so many people that are contacting us because they, they experience a stomach problem when they try mm -hmm. to increase their intake of fibers. What, what yeah. would you say to those people? 
Well, there is fibers and there is fibers. So, so there is um, certain fibers that do. Um, so basically, um, what they're what are called oligofructose fibers. So these are fibers where the basic building block is fructose, um, as opposed to let's say uh, glucose. Um, so. Uh, once the, bac the bacteria that break those down, uh, they break it down and one of the byproducts can be carbon dioxide, uh, which is gas. Uh, so, um, so what you get uh, is bloating and you get gas formation. So uh, if you go for uh, fibers that are less of that nature, so you get, go ultimately for a blend of fibers, uh, you are better off. So for example, in our products, we're very careful around what types of fibers end up because we don't want people to feel uh, bloated. Yeah. Uh, you get habituated to it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you if you are uh, if you not are not eating much fiber, and then suddenly you go from that. Let's say I'm eating five grams of fiber a day, which is basically I am effectively damaging myself because I'm not eating enough fiber, and I switch to 35 grams a day from one day to the next. Yeah, there's going to be rumblings going on in my stomach, none of which is dangerous, um, uh, but it will be uncomfortable for a few days. But uh, you know, but if you slowly up it to that uh, or deal with it, uh, then uh, you get habituated to it. Yeah, so you so, get adjusted to uh, to the mm. yeah. Same with coffee. You know, if you're not drinking caffeine and suddenly you have ca coffee, I mean, you're, you're wired yeah. uh, like crazy. But if you sort of up it after a while, you, you're not, you're not going to feel the same wiredness. Your body mm -hmm. just adjusts. So, but I would say things that have oligofructose in them, uh, you have to, uh, you know, initially be a bit more careful with, but then you get used to it. Mm. Inflammatory bowel disease uh, yeah. has historically been quite rare. But nowadays, it has uh, increased a lot. Would you say yeah. that this is a typical example of a disease that has increased due to low intake of fiber? Um, most likely. Uh, there's a very interesting... Uh, so, so again, it, these, these things are quite complex. So yeah. one has to be careful not to take my words as, oh, you know... It's a one-to-one -one thing. As remember, it's a very, very complex black box that we're dealing with in our intestines, and it's the upper intestines, the lower intestines. They they function differently. It's the it's the type of things that you put into your stomach on a daily basis that changes that whole ratio. You know, so it's it's a complex thing. However, there is an interesting study a few years back where they looked at people who have had worms as when they were when they were children. You mm. know, things that yeah. children get often when they're, when they're kids. There's a correlation between uh, lower incidence of, of inflammatory bowel syndrome and people who had worms when they were kids. Oh, wow. And the question is why? Nobody knows. So, so there are things that sort of have all kinds of effects on your intestines. And, and, but ultimately, the inflammatory bowel, bowel syndrome, uh, it, it take, takes some time to sort of describe it in detail, but at, at, at the sort of... Uh, little bit more high level, uh, simplified level. So forgive it if it's not exactly the science as one should discuss it, but just to save time. What you're basically having is that the normal functioning of the walls of your intestines are compromised. And you get it in a number of diseases too, like Crohn's disease and, and, and others. And 
most likely uh, that health of that of the body of your intestines is highly dependent on a functioning uh, ecosystem of your of your intestinal bacteria. And so people generally who, who eat high amounts of fiber have far, far lower levels of uh, inflammatory bowel syndrome, especially if they, it has been throughout their lives. Yeah. So, so yeah. when you have already inflammatory bowel syndrome, then you need to sort of, then you need to sort of have support to sort of shift it. And often people also use um, probiotics. Uh, so, for, so for example, fecal transplants to actually put in new bacteria who yeah. then, who then help heal, heal things, but it's a more complex situation. So, so I think the simplistic answer to your question is yes. Uh, at, again, at the population level, for sure. At the individual level, one would have to sort of see, can you cure it with fiber or do you have to be careful actually because suddenly dumping a ton of fiber may give you, uh, you know, other effects that, that may make, once the disease is already there, may make it worse. So that's something that the individual has to then deal with their, with their doctors. But if you're a healthy individual, eat, the more fiber you eat, the, the, the less of any of these effects you see. I mean, one can't preach and, and at the end of the day, it's exactly what you said. I mean, of course, if we ate zero sugar you know, mm. or, or the amount of sugar that we should eat, which is far, far, which is a third of what we're eating normally. I mean, you mm. need sugar. I mean, your yeah. body needs sugar. Yeah, it's good for you, mm. but too much sugar is terrible for you. Yeah. Um, so, um, but you know, it's what I, th I think the wisdom of what you said is, is at the center of it uh, is it's what you add rather than what you subtract because it's very, very hard to change one's lifestyle. Uh, you know, whenever I'm in our uh, laboratory and kitchen where my colleagues give me all kinds of things to taste, all of which has lots of fiber, basically my weight goes down mm. steadily. Uh, and then I travel and I'm, you know, under stress and there's meetings and there's a cookie there and I just kind of wow. go. <laughs> That's the worst thing when you see. Yeah, because then you stress And if you have sugar in front of you, it's uh, like it goes automatically. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you can't resist it. And so, and this is somebody who actually lives with it, preaches it, right? Yeah. And I'm admitting openly, I break down, yeah. right? So, <laughs> and then my weight slowly goes up. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I'm traveling, it goes there. Whenever I'm back home and, and doing experiments and tasting products, it goes straight back down. And so... Um, So it's really around, uh, so I've now gotten used to whenever I'm traveling, I just, wherever I can get my hands on any fruit or vegetable, I kind of just add it to it. And then, and then it has, you know, reduces the amount of other things that I'm eating. Mm. So I did the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost prick yourself, but it's, yeah. it's easier to add. It's exactly what you, I'm going to take that as my mantra, subtract, which is great. A great way mm. to. Mm. So thank you so much, Koshro, for uh, spending time with me here and uh, giving me so much knowledge about fiber. And uh, I'm happy to be able to share this with uh, all the listeners out there. And I hope you've had a wonderful hour. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lina. 
You have listened to the Food Pharmacy Show with Lina Nertsby and Mia Klase, joined by special guest Kosro Isas Nikpey. The podcast is edited by me, Sebastian Ring, and I've also composed all the music. For more food pharmacy content, visit foodpharmacyco.com and follow us on Instagram, food underscore pharmacy. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.